What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The KTSA Home Improvement Show with Martin Bamba, presented by Window World. Talk to Martin now, 210-599-5555. Now, Martin Bamba. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. It's 906 on AM 550 KTSA FM 1071. Uh, beautiful Saturday morning in the Alamo City. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We appreciate you spending a little bit of your Saturday morning with us. We sure enjoy spending it with you. It's the KTSA Home Improvement Show. It's all about you, your home improvements, things that you've got going on around the house. Maybe you've got a little honeydew that you need to get taken care of this weekend. I uh, I know I've got a couple that i got to do around my house. I bet Jim's got a couple to do around his house this weekend. Yeah, one or two. One and or two. Uh, by the way, I'm Martin Bamba. That's my buddy Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And uh, the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555 is the number to get in on the conversation this morning. And this is about home improvement. Anything from the roof to the foundation, everything in between. And we're not going to clog the airways with what everybody else is clogging the airways with. We're going to talk about home improvement. That is absolutely correct. Thank goodness, too, because I don't know if I could take it. Oh, I really and truly do. It's just, it's, it's, I'm not going to pick sides. I'm not going to say anything about sides. It's just <laughs> insane that that's all you see. We were talking to a friend of ours a couple of nights ago. We went out and, and uh, spent a little time with, with, a, with a good friend of ours. And she's, she's in a, she has a home here in San Antonio, but she's from uh, up in Iowa. And she didn't, doesn't have her cable hooked up at the home here. And she said, I haven't been able to watch TV for the last few days. What's going on with that uh, impeachment hearing? I said, you know what? You are the luckiest person alive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I said, yeah. I, I said, I couldn't tell you because every time I see it, I switch whatever is on to something else because I, I, I just. Well, you know, Jeannie, I'm out. And I, Jeannie and I turned off cable, everything at our house, and we went with Roku. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. With the Roku, I can go to whatever I want. I can watch anything I want without having to see all the airways clogged with that. We're kind of like that at our house. We're DVR people, you know. Every, yeah. every we, we, we DVR everything, so we watch it on our own time. Usually it's about 9.30, 10 o'clock at night when we're laying down, getting ready to go to bed. We'll watch uh, a 30-minute show or something, and, and then we catch up on it again the next night or so. And... But see, Jeannie and I found that even with DVRing stuff, uh-huh. when you're recording it, if it's being recorded off of a network, yep. then you're going to have these breaking things in the middle of your show that say, breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's true. New revelations. Yeah. That is absolutely <laughs> correct. Yeah, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, that does happen. But 
you know, we try to stay away from it as much as we can. It's just, it's just exhausting. It, it I, I exhausting. mean, it really is. I mean, uh, I, I understand those who, who, you know, this is their living, and, and I, I respect that, and there's a need to get that information out there, but, man, there's such a thing as overload sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, I, and I've felt overloaded for the last few weeks. Uh, phone lines again, 210-599-5555. Uh, coming up on the show today, a little bit later on, we didn't get to it last week. We are going to talk about it this week, and that is the uh, the safety tips that we have for you for the upcoming holiday season. And, you know, the holidays are, are that time of year when you've got a lot of folks in your house that are not normally there, you usually have family or friends over for holiday parties or even just little small get-togethers. You have things in your house that are not normally there, i.e. decorations, extra lighting, Christmas lights, Christmas trees, uh, menorahs, you name it. There's all kinds of things that are not normally in your house that could be safety hazards. We're going to talk to you about that today and how to keep your home a little safer for the holidays. But let's go to the phone lines, get it all started this morning with Barbara. Barbara, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning. I have heard y'all talk about this, but I didn't write down the information, so at my age, I've already forgotten. I'm sorry. But I have an electric stove, and I want to change to gas. And I just need, I know you said that I need, I thought you said a plumber, but I've read online, and they say a service company, and I don't even know what that is. Well, it would be a plumbing service company. Um, If you do not have a gas line running to the stove location, it's going to have to be run Mm -hmm. by a licensed plumber. Okay, so plumbers run those. Okay. Yes, plumber runs the I, gas I line. Really was not, okay. I, I'm pretty sure I, the house is 30 years old. I probably have a gas line. My home heating is gas, and so is my hot water heater. Um, and the wall for the stove is backed up to the wall of the garage that has the hot water heater, so I'm hoping the gas line <laughs> is there. Uh, it may, yeah, it may just take so, it may just simply take them going in and teeing into that line and turning it the other direction with the tee to come into the, come into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so if I call, like I called the plumber oh, a couple of years ago to replace the hot water heater, you think that that just a regular plumber or does it, I mean, I just have yes, to ma'am. ask just them, about any Just about that? any reputable plumbing company out there um, can do gas line and they can do the gas line okay. testing um, once it's installed. Just about, uh, I mean, most okay. of the of the reputable companies I know of will do gas lines. Okay. And also read that I, because like my stove now does not have any electrical, well, it doesn't have a clock on it or anything. Of course, it's got the 220 plug. I understand that. But said I might also need an electrician to put in a 110 plug for yes. uh, the automatic pilots. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Okay. That would be yes. something that okay. if I were doing it, I would do myself. But when it comes to electrical, I would not recommend that oh, no. homeowners do that themselves. <laughs> yes, you would need an electrician to to put in a 115 volt plug, and is this a is this a, st- uh, a range that you're putting in, or is it a cooktop, or or what exactly are you putting no, it's in? It's a range. It's it's yeah. a range. Okay, no, it's a range. So you're you're yeah. you're against a wall. Um, you're not on an island, which makes things infinitely easier no. in most cases. Right now, do you right. have an and exhaust hood or vent hood? So I don't know what's behind it. Huh? Do you have an exhaust hood uh, or vent hood? I've got a vent hood. Vent hood. Okay, as long as you've got some type of ventilation, because when you're running with gas, um, you definitely want to run that ventilation anytime you're cooking. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Another question for you is: Is this on an is this on an outside wall? It's on the wall to the garage. So it is on it. Okay, and not so, not an outside wall, but okay. an exterior wall. So that's that also bodes well for you if you do have to run an extra uh, line to that. Uh, much easier than running it on an interior wall. 
but oh, you you had asked though about running the uh, the vent when you're running the oven. No, you don't have to run the vent when you're running okay. the oven. Okay. Well, I okay. I typically well, do on gas. I don't cook very much, right? but now that I'm retired, I'm planning on cooking. <laughs> well, on gas, I typically do like to run the exhaust hood when I'm cooking, even if it's with the oven, because your uh-huh. burner is burning in the oven, and on the back of the stove, there's going to be a spot. You're going to see a little vent that comes out. That if you put your hand in front of it while the oven is on, it's very hot. Mm-hmm. That's your okay. exhaust from the heat from the flames. That's your like your flue from the flames. And I just always mm-hmm. like to turn on that vent hood on low just to make sure that that stuff's going out of the house rather than staying in the house. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, I understand. But I will tell um, you, Barbara, you're going to enjoy cooking, especially on that cooktop, immensely more than you do on a on an electric cooktop. Oh, it's, oh you can control yeah. the heat. I grew up with gas. And yep. I've always had this. I've hated this electric stove. The oven finally, the burner in the oven finally gave out, and so didn't have an excuse not to replace it. Because I was raised not to replace things that were still working. <laughs> yes, well, yeah. I was too, but but I do that still sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, my well, wife has had to yeah, adjust like, her cooking to everything electric because our house is one hundred percent electric. I don't have gas anywhere, even right. on the property. Mm-hmm. My sisters is that way. Yeah, they didn't run gas out into my sister's neighborhood, and so I understand that. Some states are trying to eliminate gas altogether. And after I heard that, I'm like, I'm going to get a gas stove before they take them off the market. (laughs) I think there would be uh, a revolt from all chefs everywhere if they did that. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, because it's funny. When I go on vacation and rent houses that have those big gas ranges, I love it. Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, one, yeah. I don't need to get a permit. Anybody that does the work would do their own. Do their own permits, I mean, yes, ma'am. Like, the The plumbing company, the electrical okay. company, they're going to pull their own permits. Your electrician may not need a permit just for adding that outlet because he can he can go right off of the two twenty outlet that's already there. So he may not okay. need a so permit. He doesn't have to take out the two twenty. He can go off of it. Yes, yes. Because I would hate to take it totally. Because see, when you go online, you read all these things because it said that you'd have to replace your two twenty with the one ten or one fifteen. And I'm like, but the next person who owns this house after I'm dead might want to go back to electric. Yes. <laughs> so then I didn't want to get rid of my 220. Yeah, no, uh, he can so he can come off not, of it. Okay. And if you come need a recommendation okay, for a, for a good uh, electrician or or plumber, just drop uh, either Jim or myself an email, and we'll be happy to give you some recommendations. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And the, one last quick question. Sure, this Barbara. Is easy. In the wintertime, do you have to put vinegar down your uh, air conditioning system in the wintertime when you're using heat? I figured you don't because you don't have condensation. I don't know. Maybe you do, but no, uh, you typically won't have condensation. You typically won't have condensation. But what I would do is still put a little bit of vinegar in there and then follow it um, with a cup of water. Um, And the reason I say that is because the biggest fear in the wintertime is that your P-trap is going to run dry. It's going to evaporate out and it's going to get dry. And if it does get dry, then the first time you turn the air conditioner on, you have a possibility of it leaking. Okay, okay. Because, yeah, I um, am religious about putting it down because we've had issues that it gets clogged up with, the, I guess, mold or whatever, right in the middle of the summertime when it's, you know, yep. hot, hot, hot. Just continue that, <laughs> just continue that process year-round. It's not, but in, but in okay. the wintertime, if you're not running the air conditioner, follow the, follow the vinegar with a cup of water. Cup of water. Okay. Thank you, guys. That's wonderful. Sure thing, Barbara. Thank you. We appreciate okay. you getting the show uh, kicked off this morning. Yeah, welcome back, everybody. It's KTSA Home Improvement Show. 
921 on AM 550 KTSA FM 1071. Thank you, Chris. Some Black Crows music for you. For those of you who are Black Crows fans, and I count myself certainly among them, uh, one of the most innovative bands when they came out, uh, blues, soul, rock, uh, nothing sounded like them on the radio, and uh, and the Robinson Robinson Brothers uh, just brought a sound like no other. Uh, that one right there, a, a, a killer, killer Otis Redding um, cover, uh, hard to handle. But but that that's that that album, Shake Your Money Maker, just kind of changed music at that time. And uh, about six years ago, the brothers had a little falling. No, they didn't have a little. They had a big falling out uh, and uh, didn't speak to each other for about six years. And out of the blue this past week, they showed up doing an interview on the radio announcing they're back together and they're going to do, do a tour where they're doing the entire Shake Your Money Maker front to back on this tour. And they will be coming to Austin. I don't think they're going to make it to San Antonio. Uh, but great news for any music lover out there. The Black Crows are back together and touring again and I can't wait to see it. There's some other uh, groups that announced recently, and we'll talk about those later in the show, some other groups that announced that they're getting back together, and there was a really big one yesterday that's a rumor. I don't know if it's true or not, but we'll talk about that too. And uh, anyway, lots of good stuff uh, on the music front uh, this past week, and we'll talk a little bit about it because we like doing that. Yes, we do. It has nothing to do with home improvement. We don't care. We, We like... Actually, about music. it has a lot to do with home improvement. You well, know, I listen to it whenever I'm working around. Right, and we say that we are uh, change, uh, improving homes, changing lives. Yeah. You know, the the whole music, listening to the music is definitely going to change your life. Music is the soundtrack to everybody's life. Yep. And I don't care what kind of music you like, and I happen to like almost every kind of music. But anyway, we'll talk a little bit. Unfortunately, that soundtrack to my life is typically dun-dun-dun. <laughs> <laughs> It's true on that, yeah. <laughs> Nine twenty three on AM five fifty KTSAF and one oh seven one. Phone lines are open two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Let's go to Tony. Tony, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hello, Tony. Morning, a, hey, I've been calling for a long time. Awesome. And I uh, really I mean I've uh, many years and I really enjoy your show. Well thank you, sir. Hey, you know the most important thing about these groups getting back together? The music is great. But rekindling friendship. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. Oh, concrete. I need to build a four foot wall. The run length is 450 feet. But basically, it's 90 by 90. Okay. Uh, square. Okay. Uh, 18 inches wide. And it's going on top of uh, a concrete slab. So I have to tie it in, but really, I'm looking for recommendations of a concrete uh, person. What are you doing on top of that wall? Really light structure. My house is on stilts, and uh, the stilts are I beams. They're basically 14, 15 foot tall. So now I'm just enclosing. It's basically a eight thousand plus square foot carport underneath the house. Where are you located at, Marion? Marion, you know you you need to give me a call because I can come by and show you a product that we do that is called Brickstone, where you can okay. go you can go in and build a, a we can build a light frame wall, and we can right. run the Brickstone product on the interior and exterior of that of the, that knee wall you're talking about. And I can okay. cut it, sculpt it, and stain it to match virtually any brick, rock, or stone that you can imagine. Okay. So, uh, yeah, 
So let me, uh, I'll have to put the phone, I, I'm juggling twins. I love it. My, <laughs> Congratulations. They're my grand twins. That's anyway, awesome, man. That's awesome. <laughs> so I'm going to uh, put the phone down so, so I can write your phone number down. Okay. All righty. Uh, just, just go ahead and, and, and hang up and listen, and we'll give you the phone number, okay? Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. We appreciate it, Tony. Thanks for being a part of the show this morning. That phone number is 210-767-0995. You can Tell al- them you talk to Jim on the radio, and you need a Brickstone quote for your home. And uh, if, if uh, it's more convenient to go online, you can uh, email us at info at windowworldtx.com. That's info at windowworldtx.com. Or you can go online to windowworldtx.com. There's an online estimate request, and you can just put in your information there, and we'll, we will contact you on the next available business day. You know, I've, I've done one of those already where we did the, well, you remember where we did the, the, oh, yeah. the, the wall? Oh, that just comes out so beautiful. Build the nice wood frame. Because it's going to be completely encapsulated in masonry. So you can right. go with wood, never have to worry about it deteriorating. Don't need to pour any additional slab curb or anything. We set it right there where, you, uh, where you're already at. That, that is the beautiful thing about the Brickstone product is, is it doesn't require any extra foundation. So if you have, uh, if you have a, a manufactured home that you want to skirt or even go all the way up on, if you have a pure and beam foundation, a slab foundation, it doesn't matter uh, whether it has the brick lug or, or the stone ledge or not, we can go over just about anything, even metal buildings. We've anything. Covered. And, yeah. and anybody out there, folks, uh, especially, you know, we're, we're talking to the man in Marion, the Marion man, and anybody else out there, that number again, 210-767-0995. Piece of uh, interesting information, my grandfather who started Brickstone in 1947, born in Marion. Cool. <laughs> that's where he cool. grew up. That's, yeah. that, that's awesome. That's I, where I he grew up. Know I did not know where where he was born. Yep, yep. He actually grew up and spent his early part of his life in Marion. So uh, some some uh, history there. Uh, you know, we were talking earlier about gas stoves and and uh, whether you have gas in your house, or you don't have gas in your house. Like your house is full electric. The house that we live in was also full electric, and in our neighborhood, gas was never run to the neighborhood. So there is there are no gas lines running through our neighborhood. We wanted a gas stove so bad that we went and contracted a propane company to come in and bury a tank in our backyard and we ran gas to both the inside so we could have a gas cooktop now we still have an electric oven which is fine I, electric oven's fine but cooking with gas on a sto- on a cooktop is a whole different game absolutely you know and we needed and wanted that we like to cook we, we like to entertain we like to have you know uh, meals made there in the house so we did that we ran another line out to the grill outside so it would have a permanent line to our gas grill outside, which was nice. We moved into that house May, this last May, two years ago. So we've been in that house for, what, two and a half years now? Right. Right, two and a half years. Haven't had to refill that tank yet. That's pretty crazy, right? That says y'all don't do a lot of stovetop cooking. Well, it, uh, apparently not as much as we thought we did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do grill a lot, though. And and so anyway, I I don't know, but it's well, lasted a long how time. Long, think it's about a big how tank. long one of the tanks would last you on your gas grill when you were you know you say grilling a lot, it doesn't take a lot of gas. True, that is true. It's an efficient, and that, that's the other good thing about gas. It's an efficient way of cooking. It really is. Uh, it's cost me the amount that it cost to fill up the tank, which I don't even remember what it was now. It, it's a big tank. It is a good sized tank, but um, I, I mean. It, it's it's an inexpensive way of cooking, is what I'm saying. Uh, well, I'm just wondering. I'll have to look and see what the math is. I'm wondering that uh, how an hour of burning a propane burner and grilling, how many cow farts does that equal? 
Don't even get started. For the started global on warming it. and all that. Oh, I'm my just goodness. wondering how Don't many even days. get started on that one. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, and, and, and speaking of, of propane and, and uh, gas appliances, we, uh, we're we going to have our Window World Christmas party at the house this yep. year. Yep. We decide we're going to move it back to, to Casa Bamba this year. So we're going to do that uh, in December. And we know that the weather's a little unpredictable, and it's it, it, you know, and, and of course we decided all this before we found out that we were going to be in the next ice age this winter, and we, <laughs> right. we don't know how cold it's going to be by the time the party rolls around. Now we may get a little warm front and maybe just perfect because the last few years, last year was a little chilly if I remember correctly, but the year before that was pretty mild. Yep. Um, so it could go either way. We're not taking any chances. I ordered a couple of of uh, outdoor you know propane heaters, those tall propane heaters. And uh, and I got them in yesterday, so I'm at home yesterday afternoon putting one together. And when it says some assembly required, it means every flipping <laughs> bit of assembly is required. That thing took me two hours to put together. Uh, and 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 of course, as as any man does, I kind of read the directions, but I kind of didn't. So I put it together, and then I'd realize that wasn't right. I'd take it apart, I put it back together again the right way. So I guess that added something to it. So the second one that I'm going to build is going to take me half as long as the first one because now I've made all the mistakes. Uh, several years ago, the kids bought me for Christmas one year one of those one of those heaters, and uh, Christmas evening they wanted to all get together on the carport and sit out. It was a few years, several years ago. It was, it was cold Christmas. Yeah. And I think I finally got that thing put together at like midnight on Christmas <laughs> night. <laughs> it was, yeah, like you said, some of God, no, no. <laughs> I'll tell you what, anymore, if, if it gives you the option when you order it on Amazon, uh, 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 add assembly, I don't care what it costs, I just click on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it this time and to my own peril. But uh, anyway, hey, look, you know, it, it keeps me occupied. But and, those things, you're going to be happy because those things this put thing off puts some out heat. good heat. Yep. This, uh, that's one thing I was yep. impressed with. Whenever I got it lit yesterday evening, it was right when the sun was going down and the temperature dropped like a rock. And and I was sitting out there in short sleeve and uh, was getting a little chilly. And I'm like, i got to get this thing put together because I don't want to go in and put on a jacket. I just want to turn this thing on see how it works. It puts out some heat. Yep. I, yep. You know the area in, in the backyard where the grill is and everything? Yeah. We're going to put one on each end of that, and I guarantee it's going to keep that whole area warm. Right, and then uh, if you need it, just let me know. I can bring an, I can bring another one over, and we can set it over there by the high top table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I've got, we've got three of them. Now. Oh, okay. So, so, okay. so yeah, so we've got we've got that's that's the whole intention is to have plenty of heat out there. So if right. anybody needs to get warm, they got a place to get warm. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful Saturday to you, everybody. Chris was uh, informing me that at one time, Queens Reich and the Black Crows toured together. What a strange combination. Now, I get ZZ Top and the Black Crows, which they were famously kicked off the ZZ Top tour by ZZ Top. And and depending on which side you, you ask, the reason they were kicked off was either A, because they were difficult and uh, constantly drunk. That would be what ZZ Top would say. What the Black Crows would say is that ZZ Top was a little jealous because at the height of the of the tour, they were at the height of their incoming popularity, and they were selling 50 shirts to every shirt that ZZ Top was selling, and ZZ Top was a little miffed about it. I don't know which one is true, but they're both great stories. Yeah, they're... they're, they're... Both great stories. And, uh, and of course, they toured with the Rolling Stones back in the day as well. Um, uh, another connection to Queensryche, I'm glad you played that, because coming up in, uh, I believe, February, March, somewhere in there, both Queensryche and Jeff Tate are going to be coming to town. 
on separate shows. So if you're a Queensryche fan, that's that's like Nirvana, man. You can see Queensryche with the new lead singer, who's pretty good, and uh, and then you can see Jeff Tate, the original, uh, doing both Operation Mind, not Operation Mind Crime, sorry, Empire and Rage for Order in their entirety, which. <laughs> that's that's going to be awesome. So, yeah, I'll be at that show. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. But, you know, Queensryche's not for everybody, right, Chris? No. I mean, I mean, everybody doesn't get Queensryche, and I understand that, but I happen to love him, and I think Jeff Tate has one of the best operatic voices ever. Uh, 939 on AM 550 KTSA FM 1071. Phone lines are open 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. As we go to Steve. Steve, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Just have a quick question for you. We were talking about the, uh, you know, the gas range and all that. Yeah. Trying to find out what what is the minimum distance between. We've got a microwave that's over the uh, stove right now. What is the with the hood underneath? What is the minimum distance you need to have a gas stove without doing taking out the you know the microwave with the hood underneath? You're going to need to check your gas stove manufacturer's recommendations. Okay. Um, everyone's different. It depends on how many burners are on top, what BTU the burners are. Um, there's a lot of factors that go in, but whatever gas stove you're looking at, check the manufacturer's recommended clearances, and oh, that'll okay. let you know. So there's not. it's not by code. It's just by manufacturer. Right. The code follows the manufacturer's recommended clearances. Okay, great. That's all I needed. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you so much. Glad we could help. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, Steve. Uh, get yourself a phone line, too, at 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit right now about uh, about holiday safety, okay? Uh, that is something that, uh, you know, so many people over the holidays, you'll, you'll hear of, of, of so many mishaps that happen during the holiday season that are just unnecessary. Everything from grease fires to uh, you know Christmas trees or, or other uh, decorations and, and things catching on fire in someone's house, um, all kinds of different hazards. Well, we decided that we're going to check out uh, some safety tips for you uh, that can help you enjoy a safe holiday season. This is courtesy of the National Safety Council, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a few things. Um, you know, uh, of course, one of the big things I- I- during the holiday season, and this doesn't really have anything to do with your home, but but we will say that traveling during the holidays is is one of those dangerous things. People travel so much more over the holidays. They travel longer distances in worse driving conditions. And uh, in t- in 2017, uh, which is the last uh, the the last statistics that I have, 2017. 329 people died on New Year's Eve, New Year's uh, on New Year's Day, uh, and on Thanksgiving Day, uh, I'm sorry, 463 on Thanksgiving Day. That is, that's frightening. I mean, that's that's 463 people that didn't come out home to their, their families uh, because something happened during their, their travels. Uh, alcohol impairment was involved in about a third of those fatalities. So while that's that's a that's a big thing, it's not everything. But certainly, don't drink and drive. Okay, absolutely. Uh, yeah. lo- lots of lots of imbibing happens in the holidays. Get a designated driver. Take an Uber or a Lyft or a cab. Yep. Don't chance it. Really, really no, and truly, it's, it's not worth not it. Worth it. Uh, some other things that you can uh, think about are preparing your car for winter and keeping an emergency preparedness kit with you. That's To me, that's a really important thing. Yes, and keep in that emergency prepared, preparedness kit, if you're going to a cold climate or you're in a cold climate, as Martin can attest, my family and I for many years chased snow. 
Yeah. We would yeah. sit back and watch the news, and wherever the closest snow to San Antonio was, we'd get in the car and drive. And we'd go get out, let the kids get out, play in the snow, and sometimes they'd play in the snow for a few hours, get back in the car, and we'd drive back. Yeah. But when you do something like that, or if you're taking a trip and you know you're going to be in a cold climate, make sure you've got a blanket for everyone that's in the car. Absolutely. Not just a couple of blankets in the car. Make sure there's a blanket for everyone that's in the car because you don't know if you could get stranded in in, in 20-degree weather or or teen-degree weather. You want to be able to stay warm in that vehicle if the vehicle is stranded and broke down and you can't get it started. I'll give you a a good personal firsthand story of this. My sister-in-law and brother-in-law, who are from up in far north Texas, every year they would go back for Christmas. And uh, one year they, they went and they left and a major cold front came in. Ice, snow, sleet, you name it. They were stranded on 35 going to Electra for, I want to say, eight or nine hours, maybe 10 hours. They, it, was, it was an incredibly long time that they were stranded out there. People were running out of gas because right. they, they had not filled up and they were running out of gas. Make sure you have a full tank of gas when you leave. Make sure that you have warm blankets. Make sure you have water in your car. Carry at least six or eight bottles of water in your car if you're going to be taking a long trip, at least. Um, if you can and it's safe, pack a, 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 an extra you know, two gallons of gas to get you somewhere if you happen to run out. Uh, not a bad idea if, you have, if, if that's safe for you, if you're in a pickup. Um, th- there are a lot of things that you can do to prepare that most people don't think about. Uh, in, in, your, in your preparedness kit, you want to have uh, road flares. You want to have... A, uh, a portable air compressor. So if you have a flat, you can air up your tire and get to the next town or, or what have you. Uh, jumper cables, important to have on a long trip, always. Yes. So there's lots of things you can do. Also, leave early. Plan ahead for, for heavy traffic. That's, yes. that's, you know, don't get caught you know, rushing because you, you didn't prepare for the traffic. Uh, make sure every person in the, in the vehicle is properly buckled up, no matter how short or long the distance. Uh, don't, don't be playing on your cell phone. No, put that phone away. Put the phone away, man. Uh, If you're driving, uh, especially in a long distance and in heavy traffic, put the phone away. Uh, Practice defensive driving. Watch out for everybody else around you. And as I said at the onset, designate a sober driver to ensure that guests make it home safely. Yep. Right? Uh, Lots of other things to talk about safety-wise for the holidays, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about decorating safely and watching out for fire starters and and some other things. We're going to talk about that coming up right now. I do need to take a break. Uh, and I want to talk to you about uh, Window World. I want to talk to you about our company. And uh, what we say at Window World is that we're improving homes and changing lives. And we take that we take that slogan very seriously at Window World. It's um, it's certainly something that we put into practice every day by increasing the energy efficiency and the value and the beauty and and the comfort level of of our customers' homes uh, when we install high efficiency windows and high efficiency siding and and other products that we install for their homes beautiful entry doors or seamless gutters or even garage doors. Uh, all of those things are, are part of what we do, but we also believe in giving back, uh, both nationally through our, uh, through our Window World Cares Foundation and, uh, and, and the Veterans Airlift Command that we are heavily involved in at Window World, uh, all the way down to the local level and, and what we want to do for our community here in San Antonio and in Corpus Christi and in New Braunfels in the areas that we serve. And uh, this year, for wintertime and for the month of November, we are having a blanket and coat drive. So 
if you could, we would so appreciate you contributing to this and helping with this and, and really and truly helping make a difference and a change in somebody's life that's going to severely need it as this is going to be a colder winter than it normally is. Uh, whenever you go to any Window World location and drop off a gently worn or new, um, uh, used, uh, used or new blanket or coat, if they're used, please make sure that they're freshly laundered. Uh, we are going to make sure that these items get to the people that need them most here in San Antonio, our homeless population and others that are needy in our community. We have partnered with LifePoint Church in San Antonio and Church Unlimited in Corpus Christi, and we are going to get these out to our communities. But you can stop by any Window World location in New Braunfels, in San Antonio, or in Corpus Christi, and uh, all of that information is on our website, windowworldtx.com, windowworldtx.com. When you drop these items off, um, you're going to be making a difference in somebody's life this winter. But we would like to say thank you for that. And in doing that, we are offering a 10% discount up to $500 off of any full home window or siding installation simply for for helping those in need. Now, if you don't need uh, windows or siding or doors, that's fine. We still would love for you to come in and help out this fantastic cause. Again, go to windowworldtx.com, windowworldtx.com. Scroll down and click on the blanket and coat drive. And uh, you'll see uh, our different locations, one at Landa Street, New Braunfels, uh, here on Evers in San Antonio, and on SPID at Weber in Corpus Christi. Drop off a blanket, a coat, or two or three, and really make a difference in somebody's life this winter. Welcome back, everybody. It is the KTSA Home Improvement Show. It's 951 on AM 550 KTSA, FM 1071. Thank you so much for uh, letting us be a part of your Saturday morning. We appreciate you being a part of ours. Uh, phone lines are open at 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Uh, this morning, talking about holiday safety, we will be getting back to that and giving you some more safety tips for the holiday season coming up. By the way, uh, happy holidays, everybody. I don't think it's uh, certainly too early to say that now. Thanksgiving coming up. And, uh, man, is it just me or is Christmas decorations getting out there earlier and earlier every year uh, I, I think that they started playing um i think they started playing uh christmas movies uh on the fourth of july this year on hallmark i'm i'm not sure i think that's when they started doing it uh it's crazy lots and lots i didn't i never knew there were this many christmas movies chris i never knew i never heard jingle bells and firecrackers at the same time i, I didn't this first year it's first year i ever heard it it's crazy i mean and, and cameron uh what's her name cameron What's what's her name from Full House? She's in every other movie on on Hallmark. I don't know how that happened, but anyway, uh, movies that I never even knew existed. You know, we were in Memphis um, over the summer, and it was hot, man. I mean, it was really hot. It was uh, it was probably ninety nine degrees in uh, in Memphis when we were there, and we're walking along the river, and we see this movie set, and it's this big ski slope with 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 uh, artificial snow on it we don't know what's going on so we walk up and, and as it turns out it's a it's a movie set and uh they were filming christmas in graceland 2 at uh it's kelly pickler i think starred in the uh, in the original one i don't know if she's in this one or not but it'll be airing i'm sure on hallmark it's it's a hallmark movie and they were filming it while we were in Memphis in the middle of summer. But they had all this snow, and all these kids were bundled up in these big jackets, and, <laughs> and it was probably 90 degrees outside. It was pretty funny. Uh, it, anyway, so uh, if, if you love Christmas movies and you love Christmas, I love the Christmas season. I really do. I just, you know, I don't like it to start too early. It just doesn't seem it, right. It, it, 
I love Christmas. It's my favorite time of year, but I just don't want it to start yeah, well, it's like, before, it's like we were talking last before Halloween. We don't even have Thanksgiving anymore. We've got Black Friday Eve. <laughs> yeah. I mean. That's, Black Friday started two weeks ago. Yeah. When did that happen? Yeah. I, it's weird, man. Uh, anyway, uh, I digress. Let's get back to the phone lines and uh, your home improvement questions. Uh, Bob, you're coming right up. Carmen, you're up next on the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Hello, gentlemen. Good morning, Carmen. Yes, uh, good morning. Um, I have a question. Uh, my cousins are helping me remove two old AC window units, uh, from, uh, and uh, they're going to close up the holes in the wall. And what I need are some... Um, some tips and tricks as to how to get the patched area uh, to look like the surrounding walls. So, you know, it won't be so obvious on the inside mainly. Uh, one of them is a sheetrock, which is in the front room, which is most important. And then there's another one in the back room, which is not sheetrock. It's more of a uh, kind of a, a light, a thin panel in, that has a wallpaper on top that they used to use, and I have some left over to, to, to close up that opening. Go ahead, Jim. Okay, the sheetrock is, that's fairly easy. They're going to need to take, um, of course, if there's any trim around the window unit out, right. um, frame in the opening where the window unit came in, you know, put some two-by-four right. studs in there. Right, now, no, they know how to do that, but what I'm, what I'm concerned about is what it's going to look like, you know, after they... They put the sheetrock to, to kind of get it to blend in. Well, you need to go out from the sheetrock. Probably, you know, start off, go out, uh, taking most of the uh, of the texture off of the sheetrock uh, using a blade and scraping the texture off. You need to go out and take it all off for about six inches, and then as you go farther, more towards about twelve inches, get lighter and lighter, taking the texture off. Then you're going to re- you're going to tape and float the patch piece of sheetrock you put in. Retexture it again, feathering the texture out away from the opening, and then repaint. Now you may have to repaint that entire wall mm. to make the paint blend, or you may have to retexture that entire wall to make the texture blend. Oh. Mm. Um, on the other opening, my suggestion on that, uh, since you've got kind of a paneling in there with wallpaper on it, yeah. put some nice trim around the opening and make you a little knickknack shelf out of that opening. Mm. Yeah, what I was going to do is probably uh, put like corkboard, like for a, for notes and things like that. Yep, that'll That's work too. Put up a piece of corkboard for notes or all that, or like I said, just make it a little bit recessed. Put mm-hmm. you some thin shelves in there, and you can put little knickknacks on the shelves, make you a little knickknack display. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But going back to the the one in the the front room, um, so they have to remove the. The, the the stippling, excuse me, the texture away from it to try to uh, to try to blend it to to, to and we it, that's called feathering the texture. You want to feather okay. it. You want to feather it out from the opening, which means that you don't want to just try to have to try to just texture what the patch you've put in. You want to retexture okay. it out from the opening a, a, a little bit to try to blend it better with the existing wall texture. Okay, so if I if I went to YouTube, then I would that's what I would put in feathering the texture and. Yes, yes. Okay. So see if they, there's something there that they can look at. Yes. That would actually uh, help. Okay. Okay. There you okay. go. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thanks, Carmen. Bye. Appreciate it. Let's get to Bob, see if we can fit him in before the break. Bob, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, How can we help you? I've got a roofing question. 
All righty. Can, can, can you put a metal roof over a composition roof? Yes, sir. You can. Yes, you sir. You got to strip it with something. Uh, no, like sir. One by fours or something. No, sir. You don't necessarily have to do that. Uh, you definitely want to put down a vapor barrier between the shingles and 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 the uh, the roofing material. You want to make sure it's a good thick uh, underlayment, whether it be synthetic or whether it be um, like a, a felt paper. But you want to put down okay. a good uh, okay. underlayment on top of the shingles because you don't want the uh-huh. grain of the shingle to 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 deteriorate into the metal. I see. I see. Well, I'm I've, I, This is the third roof I've had on it. Gonna have one of these days. They, they blow off. Well, <laughs> the, glue the glue doesn't stay. Well, so, uh, I'm, I'm I'm not gonna do it in the winter time, but I'm gonna wait. Well, next, don't don't wait till the heat of summer either. But uh, are you are you thinking about putting down a Tennessee V cramp, or what are you thinking? Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, Galvalume, I think, is what it is, uh, a, a V-cramp, yeah. Well, the Galvalume is probably one of the better products that's out there, but you can get it in the V-crimp. You can get it in standing seam. Um, but, yeah, the V-crimp's oh. a beautiful roof. Yeah. Hope that helped. Well, I, I didn't know what you could do there. Yeah, not, yes, I'm, sir. You, you can. You just need to put down the proper underlayment is the biggest thing. Yes, sir. Underlayment. And okay. use the right screws. Use the right screws. I don't I, and the right screw, yeah. Uh, cause I'm, I really don't want to take that roof off. I haven't lost that many shingles yet, but it's nope. not going to get better. And is it one layer? Is it one layer, or have you, or have you re-roofed over it already? Well, one layer. If yeah. it's one layer, you're just fine. Yes, sir. And I, I could overlay it with some more composition, but I don't want to. No. If I can afford that gavelum, I won't try it. And I think it's probably a better option for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sure do appreciate it. Bob, we appreciate it, but I'm up against the the, the, the break, and we appreciate you being a part of the show this morning. Get yourself a phone line early for hour number two. We're going to be coming back with more of your home improvement questions and so much more right here on the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Welcome back, everybody. It is the KTSA Home Improvement Show. It's 10.07 on AM 550 KTSA, FM 1071. Martin, Bob, and Jim Smith with you here this morning, and we are here to help. And uh, the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555 is the number to get in on the conversation this morning. want to remind you again uh, that, uh, that the, that the uh, coat drive and blanket drive is going on right now at Window World, and uh, we ask you to bring your new or gently worn and gently used blankets and coats freshly laundered, of course, uh, to any of our Window World locations in San Antonio, Corpus Christi, or New Braunfels. Landis Street in New Braunfels, uh, not open on Saturdays, but all week during the week. Uh, in San Antonio and Corpus Christi, open until 2 o'clock today uh, on Evers Road in San Antonio and at SPID and Weber in Corpus Christi. And we are collecting jackets and coats uh, for the needy in our communities. So uh, here in San Antonio alone, we have over 3,000 homeless and of those 3,000 homeless, there are 500 children in, in those ranks. And very often, uh, these folks go without proper coats and proper blankets to get them through the winter. And we are trying to do something to make a difference in that. And we are asking that you help. If you uh, feel it in your heart and you would so, so desire, please come on by, drop off those blankets, drop off those coats, and we would love to have your help 
uh, in this winter blanket and coat drive uh, from Window World, uh, Texas. And we really do appreciate you uh, helping us out with that. Get yourself a phone line. They are open, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. That's the number to get in on the conversation this morning. And uh, uh, we are uh, going to be talking about anything from the roof to the foundation and everything in between. Uh, but we are also talking this morning about holiday safety and uh, the things that you can do to make your home and your family a little bit safer uh, this holiday season. We talked a little bit earlier about uh, driving safety and traveling safety. And uh, right now I want to talk to you a little bit about decorating safely. And uh, we, you, know, you don't think about decorating as being something that could be dangerous, but, but there are things that uh, you can do to make it certainly more safe than, than it would be otherwise. And again, these, uh, these tips are from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. Number one. Keep potentially poisonous plants. Mistletoe, holly, berries, Jerusalem cherry, and amaryllis, all of those should be kept away from children, especially small children who tend to put anything that they, they get their hands on in their mouth, okay? And, and these are all uh, poisonous plants. You want to keep them out of the reach and out of, uh, out, uh, away from children. If you're using an artificial tree, make sure that the tree is labeled fire-resistant. That is extremely important, extremely important. Uh, If you're using a live tree, cut off about two inches of the trunk to expose the fresh wood for better water absorption, and remember to water it and remove it from your home when it's dry. Do not leave it in your home when it's dry. That is an extremely important one. I took um, and showed my children and my uh, brother-in-law's children, my nieces and nephews, uh, a few years ago. We took the live Christmas tree out of the house on New Year's Day. Yeah. Well, it was already out of the house, but I'm saying it was the live Christmas tree we had in the house. It was sitting outside. I stood it up in the backyard lit a small fire under it yeah within 30 seconds you couldn't get within 20 feet of it because of the heat and folks this was a a six foot tall tree and the flames were more than 20 feet in the air it's like flash paper yes it it, it is that flammable and and that, that fast and that fast and extremely intense heat yep do not ever and i don't know if it's on here or not uh it might be but but do not ever burn that wood in your fireplace no no no. don't ever do that um uh, i've I've seen that happen and and it's just it's not it's not smart don't do that uh also on cutting off that portion of your trunk it allows the tree to drink right it opens up the freshness of the tree and it allows it to absorb water and drink while it's in your house uh if if you go to a tree yard and get that christmas tree they will typically do that for you if you were traveling less than about 30 minutes to your house, that's great. If it's more than 30 minutes, that can close back up, and it will not drink once you get it to your house. So if you were traveling more than 30 minutes to your home, cut it off when you get to your house. Right. Tell them don't cut it off at the correct at the tree yard. Tell them you'll cut it when you get home because you don't, you don't want to keep getting it shorter and shorter and shorter. Uh, as per our, our previous comments, place your tree at least three feet away, and I would say at least five or six feet away from fireplaces, radiators, and other heat sources, making certain not to block a doorway. I think three feet's not enough because if you have an ember that pops from a fireplace, they can pop four or five, six feet. Yep. And if one of them hits a dry tree, you've got you've got trouble. Um, avoid placing breakable ornaments or ones with small detachable parts on lower tree branches where small children can reach them. We we don't have small children anymore, but we certainly have small grandchildren, and yes. and we want to keep them safe. Uh, only use indoor lights and outdoor lights. Uh, indoor lights indoors and outdoor lights outdoors, and choose the right ladder for the task when hanging the lights. 
Uh, very important. Yes, yes very Jim, important. Jim, Jim's right laughing that. because he's probably not chosen the right ladder well, on, a, you don't, on an occasion. You don't, want to get, you don't want to get up on the roof and hang off of the eave to hang the Christmas lights. It's no, not a good idea. No, you don't. And and he does not advocate, nor has he ever done that. Have you, Jim? No. Uh, okay, good. Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, only, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, if it's possible, have somebody with you when you're up on a ladder. Don't, don't. Hang the lights, and, and really and truly, don't get up on a ladder and hang lights when nobody's around. Imagine how long you could lay on the ground if you fell, <sighs> if mama's inside cooking dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have somebody there yep. with you. Uh, replace light sets that are broken or cracked sockets, frayed or bar, uh, bare wires or loose connections. Oh, yeah. Uh, follow the package directions for the number of light sets that can be plugged <laughs> into one socket. Don't be a Griswold. Yeah, no, 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 don't. <laughs> and don't run uh, 175 feet of extension cord to your front fence and then expect to be able to run 30 lights, 30 strings off of that extension cord. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not good. I heard about somebody that did that one time yeah. and it just didn't work. No. Uh, also, never nail, tack, or stress, uh, or stress wiring when you're hanging lights and keep the plugs off the ground away from puddles, and we don't have any snow around here typically, but keep it away from, from wet areas. And lastly, turn off all lights and decorations when you go to bed or leave the house, or better yet, get a timer that will remind you to do it automatically. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So there you go. Uh, we're also going to talk about a few other things as the show goes on, but let's get to those phone lines, 210-599-5555, as we go to Larry. Larry, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. How can we help you this morning? Okay, so I got a question on uh, some plumbing. Uh, I have a home that was built in uh, 2003, 2004. It's a two-story home. The vents that were put on all my sinks and toilets and all, I guess they put a, a vent for each one. So I got like about nine vents. When the wind blows out of the north, that smell comes into the house from my septic tank. Uh, do you think that that's that it's possible that the wind is blowing the air back down, having so many vents? Because I thought that the water that sits in your trap is the purpose of gas is not coming back. It is. It is. But what happens is is that when that wind blows and catches in that those um, vent stacks and pressurizes that pipe, coming down the vent, it actually pushes the water out of the trap. And when it pushes the water out of the trap... Now you've got no protection for your sewer, for your gas smell, for your sewer gas smell. Um, there's a couple of remedies you can do uh, to help with that. Um, if you get up on the roof, uh, I don't know how far your vent stacks are sticking out of the roof, but if you only experience this in a north wind, then cut an angle off the top of the vent to the south so that the vent is slightly higher on the north side. The pipe is slightly higher on the north side than it is on the south side. Um, you can also take and get the pipe, the size of the pipe that's up there, and put a just put a ninety degree turn on the top of each one of those vent stacks, facing it, facing that pipe to the south. That way, you're not okay. going to get the north wind in the pipes. Yeah, because all my pipes, they're on the bottom floor, and then the second floor kind of blocks the wind from the south. So I guess that's one reason I don't ever smell it when the blow, wind blows out of the south. But when the wind comes out of the north, that's when I smell it. And I was told to put some, maybe put some elbows on it. And right. Maybe that would help. 
Yeah, and point those elbows away from the north. Uh, just make sure that they're not facing the north wind. And in doing that, that should help a lot. Okay. And also, should I do them on all the pipes or just the rest, just the toilet? Uh, you're on a septic system, you said? Yes, sir. Does your gray water, your sinks, and your showers, do they drain into the septic tank also, or are those on a separate drain? Oh, they drain out, out to the lawn. The only one that drains into the septic tank is my kitchen sink, my showers, my wash. Then the only the only thing you need to put it on is stuff that drains into the septic system. Okay. All righty. Well, I guess I'm going to try those elbows then. I appreciate y'all uh, taking me for my call. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We appreciate you, Larry. Thanks a lot. Welcome back, everybody. It is the KTSA Home Improvement Show. It's 1023 on AM 550, KTSA FM 1071. Uh, it is the KTSA Home Improvement Show. It's all about you, your home improvement questions, from the roof to the foundation, everything in between. I'm Martin Bamba. That's Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. As we go to Liz. Liz, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning, Martin. Good. How are you all oh, doing? Oh, we are fantastic, Liz. How are you this morning? I'm doing okay. Just a lot of allergies, though. Oh, man. Yeah. So if I sneeze, please forgive me, because I sneeze off and on. <laughs> we understand. It's fine. Okay. My uh, two questions are, um, I have a faucet in the front and a faucet on the outside to open water. Uh, when I turn it on, if I don't turn it that much, it makes a noise, like a loud noise, and then if I open it more, then that noise stops. Uh, what could it be? That noise is the washer in the valve itself is flapping uh, because it's it's trying to restrict the pressure at the same time that it's trying to let water through. And it's mm-hmm. basically the, the, the noise I'm sure you're hearing sounds like a real loud thumping or a vibrating. Oh, yes. It, it makes a, yeah, like exactly like what you're saying. Uh, unfortunately, the only way to solve that would be to change the, have that faucet changed out for a ball valve type faucet, does not use a washer. It uses a, a ball that rolls inside. With a ball, so, you don't get uh, a washer flap. You, so it doesn't you happen. You need a, a plumber to do that. Yes, ma'am. You would need a plumber to do that. And and you do change the faucet to what? To a ball valve. To a ball valve. A ball valve. V a l v e. V-A-L-V-E, okay. Yes, ma'am. They have ball valve They have ball uh-huh. valve hose bibs. Um, uh-huh. I have them on my home. That's what I use on my home. And so both of them have to be changed? Yes, ma'am. If you're getting that noise out of each one of them, then they would both have to be changed. They've got a weak washer in them. And uh-huh. before I tried replacing the washer or rebuilding that faucet, I would just replace it. Oh, okay, so it's a washer valve to ball valve? Yes, ma'am. Like yes, ma'am. Just say it like that. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Uh, my next question is, uh, I have about four trees in the back, and there's a lot of roots showing in the yard, and I was wondering if that's going to hurt the foundation in the house. Yeah, are the roots going under the house? Uh, I'm, I can't tell because there's uh, cement all around the house. Is that cement? No, is that cement lifting or heaving or cracking right now? 
No, I don't see anything like that. The only thing that that I see cracking is in the front. It's not coming from the bottom. It's on the very top. It's kind of like a zigzag that's uh, cracking, but not on the bottom of the of the house. So I'm just wondering what it could be. That could still be a foundation issue. Um, it could be. Yes, it could be. Um, how wide is that? Is that zigzag crack? Uh, it's not too too wide, but it, it, it's it's just on the very top. It's not gone all the way down to the bottom yet. It's it's way on the very top. Do you have a the, Do you have brick on the exterior? Uh, no, just partly brick because it has like a little. Uh, garden front in the area you know like those that look like so so what are you seeing the crack in is it siding or what's cracking it's the cement there's cement in the front because it gets you to a little yard area like a little patio it's kind of like i can't explain that good about it is it cracking liz is it cracking or is it sloughing off is is it is is you know some of it coming off and kind of separating from the other no, it just looks like it's zigzagging okay. and cracking. Well, I would definitely try to get a, uh, a a foundation company out there to take a look at that, just to make sure you don't have any foundation issues. Mm-hmm, Typically, mm-hmm. the tree, how far away from the house are these trees that you can see the roots? Um, there, One of them is fairly close to the house, and it's pretty big. It looks like it's been there, oh, 20, 30 years old because it's got a big tree. Uh, chunk of a trunk but i moved here about four years ago so they were there already okay well if the tree's been there 30 years and the house has been there 30 years if you haven't experienced anything yet i wouldn't worry too much about those roots okay because a 30 year old tree i don't know i I mean that would be more of a bob webster question but i don't think you're going to have a whole lot more root growth a root growth on Mm -hmm. uh, from a 30 year old tree i wouldn't think Uh uh-huh so what should you suggest I put on those roots that are on the yard that that are showing? That would be a Bob Webster question. I know yeah. that uh, depending on the tree, the age of the tree, the size, there's some root systems that you can come in and put topsoil over, and then there's some that all you can do is put some mulch over them. I, I would recommend that you give Bob a call tomorrow morning when he's on the air. Yes. Okay, okay. So go ahead and, and just call the plumber going back to that uh, noise of the faucet. Yes, ma'am. Get a hold of uh do you have a plumbing company that you that you trust? Uh well I have a I have a a neighbor. He's a plumber. Okay. There you go. Just give him a call give him a call and ask him to change those faucets for you. Okay. Are they pretty expensive do you know? No, ma'am. No ma'am. No ma'am. Oh, okay. Okay, sir. Well, thank you so much, and you have a nice Thanksgiving if I don't call you again. Thank you, Liz. Bet, Liz. Thank you Happy so much. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Yes, ma'am. Okay. I, I can't believe it's two weeks away. Two weeks Less away than for two weeks away. And, I mean, yes, Happy Thanksgiving. Man, getting close. Uh, let's get one more in before the break. Hi, Chris. Good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Yeah, good morning. Um, I just had a question about fence wood. I wanted to use it in my bedroom. Um you know, and it's uh, well, it's pre-treated, I guess. When when you say fi- when you say fence wood, what do you, do you mean? Like fence pickets? Um, no, no. It's just you know how people put fences up around their house. Yes, ma'am. Around their wood or yard or whatever, and it's pre-treated, 
And I understand that you can't use that inside the house. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. That puts off formaldehyde, and you do not want it in your home. Okay. All right. I just want to double check. Well, I'm, 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 I just want to be clear on what you're using. Are these, are these the privacy fence slats, or what are yes. we talking? Okay. That, that, yes. Those are not treated. Yes. No, ma'am. If they're privacy fence slats and they are cedar, they don't. If it's they're cedar, not, it's they're not, not treated. treated. No. If it's cedar. Okay. Okay, I don't think these are cedar because I did find one uh, tag on one of the boards that said that it was pre-treated. Now they do have so. pine that's treated. Use if you like that look, use cedar. And and it doesn't. You don't have to pay for the fence pickets. Buy you can buy cedar one by four boards. Okay. And you can use those for your paneling in there. Just tack them together. Uh, you know, set them together and run them around the are, room, and it'd be beautiful. Are you going for a rustic yeah. look, or what are you going for? Yeah, rustic look. You, you'd yeah. want to use cedar anyway. Cedar's going to give you okay. a better look and, and, a, and a much more attractive look than the pine would anyway. Yes. And I was going to whitewash it, you know. Yeah. I mean, you can still do that with cedar. Uh, it's it's going to be a little different look than pine. Just use the smooth side instead of the rough side if it's a, if it's a rough, smooth um, one-by-four. Okay. And, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it'll look beautiful. Or if you don't want the cedar color, because the cedar is going to make your whitewash come out in a little, little bit red. tan wash yeah. or a red wash. If you don't want that look, just use standard pine one by four boards. Okay, standard pine. Okay. Yep. Yes, yes, ma'am, and that that'll turn out beautiful. Yep. Okay. Any well, just a rule of thumb is and, any and it's board, less expensive, by the way. Yes, it is. Rule of thumb <laughs> yeah. is any board that has a greenish color to it. It is okay. not designed to use on the inside of your home. Don't use it. Okay. Okay, well, I just figured since this has been out in the weather for so long. No, ma'am. It can still release those chemicals. I would, you are, you are possibly right that it's been out uh-huh. in the weather so long that there's nothing left in it, but I sure wouldn't want to chance it in my home. Okay. All right. Well, I won't do it. All that work. <laughs> it in my truck. Uh, well, I'm sure you'll fi- find another use for it. Maybe uh, make some planter boxes out of it or something like that. True. Yeah, I can use it out the... Okay. There you go. I appreciate your help. All right, Chris. Thank you. Appreciate you calling this morning. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, everybody. It is the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Coming up on 1039 on AM 550 KTSA FM 1071. My name is Martin Bamba. That's Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And it's all about you, your home improvement questions from the roof to the foundation and everything in between. Indeed. Get yourself a phone line, 210-599-5555. As we go to Jerry, and unfortunately, Jerry, Chris said that you have a, a question about driveways or something like that, and we're, just, we're not talking about that today. I'm sorry. I'm kidding, Jerry. I'm kidding. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he told me to. <laughs> How can we help you, Jerry? Um, well, it's really, it's my daughter's. Um, her driveway, it, it had a... You know, like a hairline crack, and now the crack is, oh, probably a quarter inch wide, and there's chunks breaking out. And this is in the driveway? Yeah, in the driveway part that's going into the garage, Hmm. but it's the pad. Tell her to to get a smaller car. (laughs) Quit driving that. (laughs) Quit driving that Hummer. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, if the crack, how long has it taken the crack to grow from a hairline to, to a quarter inch? A couple months. Oh, if it's growing that wow. fast, you need to get a foundation company over there. There's something going on 
the driveway sinking, or if it's on a pretty bad slope, the driveway could be sliding down the could hill. Could be a root underneath it that's heaving it, too. Right. Something is causing well, that driveway. In, in the front yard, uh, the sidewalk going to the front door, it has a big old oak tree, and that root has gone under the sidewalk and lifted that sidewalk about three inches. Maybe doing it, it may be now starting trying to lift the driveway. So I would definitely start off with a foundation company, and they can tell you if it is that route, and then you'll have to get with a landscaper or landscape company to come in and, and try to get rid of that route. Okay, because that the route now, I don't. It, she'd have to take out the sidewalk, and the route it, it's too close to the uh, sidewalk. The tree is the trees maybe I don't know a foot. Two, maybe two oh, feet wow. away wow. from the sidewalk. Oh, wow. And, and you hate to lose the tree, but some, oh, something's got to... that's the gotta, only tree she has. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, something's got to... The tree was there before the house was built, and that's the only way they could situate the house. But the tree was little at that time. So, you know... Well, maybe maybe you have to reroute the, the sidewalk in some way, way or fashion. I'm not sure exactly how that could be done, but... But if you're not going to lose the tree, which again I'm not recommending, uh, you right. either you either kind of live with it or you you know figure out a different way to run the patio or run the dry, the walkway. Uh huh. Right. Right. That's what she is pretty much done. You know, just don't come in that door. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, what All do you right. What do you do about a Thank sticking you. door? Go in the other door. You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jerry. I'm sorry that we did not have a miracle cure for you today. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I've got. I've noticed in my own driveway that I've developed some more cracks in it that were not there a year, year and a half ago. But we've, we've also had some pretty severe droughty weather and rainy weather in between right. then and now. So I, you know, I, I, I don't put too much worry in into those. And unlike hers, they're they're not opening up to you know to really big and sloughing off or anything. It's just a crack, you know. Right. And that's going to be a fact of life whenever it comes to the foundations and, and, and especially driveways and patios and things around here. You're going to have your cracks in them. It's going to happen. Yep. yep. Uh, you just got to learn to live with it or, you know, do do the best you can. We've got a pebble finish on ours, and that helps hide some of it, but you can still certainly see it. Yeah. And uh, But but not every small crack in your in your driveway or even in your garage or your walkways is, is, a, is a major foundation problem. No, no. Uh, but if you think it is... That's the one thing we want to be clear about. If you think it is a foundation problem and you think you do have some kind of an issue, don't put it off. Have somebody come out, take a look take at a look. it, and assess it. And 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 if it if it is, you can decide at that point what you want to do about it. But at least you know you have the peace of mind of knowing, yeah, it's it's not a problem. It's just cosmetic or you know whatever it is. Right. Um, so that's the you know that's something that we deal with in in this in this climate and in our in our soil. Uh, conditions here and especially with the weather that we have i mean we 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 can go from being extremely wet to months and months of nothing and and extremely dry and and that promotes that type of shrinkage and and expansion that you know that causes that right so uh but but we never want to alarm anybody and tell you yes we we think you know you definitely have a foundation problem no if you listen to what we say we say that sounds like it could be something but definitely get it checked out yes right yes all right Yep, and the tree roots, unfortunately, I don't think anybody's come up with any good fix for that. If the roots begin to heave the sidewalks or the driveway, 
if it's really, really close to the tree, you may have no choice but to either lose the tree or, like you said, reroute your, your sidewalk or, or your driveway. You and, and with Jerry, unfortunately, she said it's the only tree that her daughter has in her yard. Yep. And, and you don't want to uh-huh. lose that. Um, you know, But then also keep in mind that it's that close to the sidewalk. But if there's some distance between the tree and the driveway, they could possibly cut out that one route that is heaving the, the, the driveway. Well, she would just have to reroute her. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. And and Bob again would be a better person to ask about that yep. because I'm certainly not a uh, an arborist or horticulturalist. I, I I can't give you that proper answer. But there's got to be a minimum distance that you should build from a tree, and especially whenever you're anticipating fifteen, twenty, thirty years from now, how big that tree is going to be at that point when you build. And there's got to be some kind of a guideline as to how far, and, and two feet is not it. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, but you don't know how big this tree grew. They could have had two feet, three feet from this tree when they poured the sidewalk. They could have had it. Well, no, I'm sure that they did, but I don't I don't think whatever size the tree is, especially if it's an oak tree or, or a tree that you know is going to get some size on it, you want to definitely stay a little further away from oh, it yeah. than that. Yep. And, and uh, but Jerry did say they didn't have a choice. There was only a certain way they, they, could, they situate could situate the house. Situate the house, right. So, Unfortunately, she may be faced with having to plant some other trees, and you know, hate to say that, but you know, or reroute that 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 sidewalk, and or that, yeah, that's know. the other thing. Welcome back, everybody. It is the KTSA Home Improvement Show on AM five fifty KTSA FM one hundred seven one ten fifty two. Welcome back to the show. A little bit of time left. Your calls uh, coming right up, and and of course we are going to talk about uh, a few more safety tips for your holidays upcoming, and we're going to get to that right now. Um, one of those things uh, during the holidays that you have to watch out for are uh, are, are fire starters, uh, candles and fireplaces. You know the use of candles and fireplaces uh, combined with an increase in the amount of combustible seasonal uh, decorations that people put around their fireplaces and, and in, in other areas of their homes means uh, certainly more of a risk of fire. The National Fire Protection Association reports that one-third of home decoration fires are started by candles and that two of every five decoration fires happen because the decorations are placed too close to a heat source. So, place candles where they cannot be knocked down or blown over and out of the reach of children. That's number one. Keep matches and lighters up high and out of the reach of children in a locked cabinet if possible. Use flameless rather than lighted candles near flammable objects. There's so many flameless candles out there now that you really don't have to use uh, a, a traditional candle in areas that uh, you, you worry about safety. Uh, don't burn trees, wreaths, or wrapping paper in the fireplace. We talked about this earlier. Yeah. Don't ever do that. Ever. Yeah. Uh, don't know why you'd burn wrapping paper or wreaths in your fireplace, but don't do that. Well, we burn it all in the burn pit, but I mean, well, yeah. Look where we live, and you're in the country, and that's and outside, and you have a burn pit, but right. don't do it in an inside enclosed fireplace. No. Uh, don't ever leave candles or fireplaces burning in, unattended, or when you go to sleep, uh, don't don't you know light a fire and then take a trip to the grocery store. Don't do that. Attend no. the fire, or at least be somewhere around it that if something happens, you can get to it quickly. And then lastly. Uh, check and clean the chimney and fireplace area at least once a year. You want to have that, that flu checked. But I think you passed on one here. It says use a screen on the fireplace at all times when the fire is burning. I did, and and that, that is also very important. What it does is it helps keep those embers that pop, especially if you have wood that's dirty, if you've ever burnt uh, mesquite or oak that has some dirt on it. 
It can pop and crackle, and it will shoot sparks. I mean, it can shoot them out six, eight feet. And see, there's a couple of different kinds of fireplace screens, folks. There's ones that are actually screens that are porous that have holes in them, and then you've got the glass door fireplace screen. Right, right. Um, now, it says here not to leave it burning when you're asleep. Um, we have left fireplace burning when we went to bed, but we've got the glass door fireplace. That's different. Yeah. We don't have to worry about the embers coming out of the fireplace. The fireplace actually still puts off heat, still heats the, the area. Right. And so that's the reason that we've left it burning when we went to bed. Yeah, if, if you have that, not a problem. But if it's just a wide-open fireplace, that can be Or if you just dangerous. have the metal mesh screens, you could still have an issue. Right. There you go. Uh, we'll talk about turkey fryers and, and some other things if we can get to them. If we can't, we'll have to talk about them next week. It's a whole, that's a whole other thing altogether. Yeah, there. Frying turkey, turkey is a whole other thing. Yeah, there, there are stories every year that just make you scratch your head. Uh, let's get to uh, one, uh, probably last phone call here. Let's go to Rudy. Rudy, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning, guys. Beautiful day out there. It yes, sure sir. is, man. Can't wait to get out and enjoy it. Uh, unfortunately, you guys have to work. <laughs> we do, but we're, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. A uh, quick question. Uh, I, I'm going to redo my uh, one is oak uh, uh, floors, flooring. One is oak. The other one is pine. You know, different rooms have different materials. Uh, the old way was linseed oil and then the uh, varnish. Uh, the new way, I understand, is uh, uh, what do you call it? Poly uh, something to, to go ahead and seal the clothes. Uh, but uh, my question is, what's what's the best way to do it if you're redoing your your uh, wood floors, uh, like I said, one is oak, the other one is pine. Are you looking for a full refinish, or are you just trying to dress up the finish you have? Well, I was thinking of, if I'm going to go to that trouble, I was thinking of sanding and then coming through with a, a refinish. If you're going to refinish them, then, yeah, definitely sand them down. You want to come back with uh, whatever, if you want to use like a stain, you want to come back with the color that you've chosen, but you definitely want to use a good uh, polyurethane sealant on it. You want to seal it um, once you've once you've got it stained. Now you can actually purchase floor stain with the sealer in it already, where it's only a, a, a one or two coat application. Uh, the original color, I I was happy with that, and that's where I came up with uh, linseed oil. I think that's what the guy when he installed these years and years ago used to bring out the natural color. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, sir, I oh, sure yeah. do. Yeah, I would not, if you're going to use a polyurethane, I would not use linseed oil again because the linseed is going to prevent the polyurethane from penetrating the wood. But gotcha. do a small test area, like inside of a closet, uh-huh. sand it down, and just put just the clear polyurethane on and see if that doesn't bring out the natural grain of the wood. That should bring out the natural grain of the wood, oh, just a clear I, I polyurethane. polyurethane would do that. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, it should bring and, out the and, natural and somebody grain. Somebody said, uh, uh, you know, uh, do one coat and then do a second coat just to make sure you get a good sealing job. Would yeah. you all suggest that? Yes, absolutely. I would suggest doing one coat, do a light sanding. And when I say light, just something you could uh, about the about the same level that you would do with a piece of steel wool, just something okay. light, and then put gotcha. your second coat on after your light sanding. How long should I wait be between the first coat and the second coat? You want it to be completely dry, give it a light sand, and then put the second coat on. Would that be like a couple hours? No, that would be like 48 hours. No, it would be 24 to 48 yeah, hours. So a couple of days. Yes, but yep, but if, you, if, you look at the, if you look at the product, it will tell you 
what the cure time is between coats. Very good. Okay? Very good. I think you guys answered my question. All right, Rudy. Thanks a lot for calling in today. We appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. You're sure welcome. Hey, uh, during the week, if you want to uh, reach out to either Jim or myself and uh, have questions or just want to say hi or whatever you like, uh, we we, uh, we do correspond through email. Always better than the phone call. Me at mbomba, that's M-B-O-M-B-A, at windowworldtx.com. Me at J Smith. that's J, letter J, S-M-I-T-H, at Windoworld. TX.com. And that's going to wrap it for us this week. We will see you next week for another round of the KTSA Home Improvement Show.